The opinions expressed in the following are those of its participants and do not necessarily reflect those of the producers and the Six Talk Podcast Network. Also, the following contains mature material and mild language, which may not be suitable for all audiences. Discretion is advised. This is the Anime Roundtable Canada presented by Anime North. You can contact us via email animeroundtable at gmail.com, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Anime Roundtable, and on the web, animeroundtable.com. As we near the end of this Sunday evening, January 29th, 2023, you noticed I had to pause before I said the year because of the mistake I made last time. Yeah, you would have fixed it eventually. I could have edited it out, but uh, some days you're just a little bit lazy. Whatever year you want it to be, Mike. Well, <laughs> wouldn't we? Yeah, well, wouldn't we like to turn back time and make sure maybe some parts of the last three years didn't happen? Although, although if you're if you want to take it all away, then that means how many episodes have we done? Uh, the last sixty some odd episodes of this podcast wouldn't exist either, right? Because mm. I think we started the. the pandemic series at episode 18 and now and here we are this is episode 78 of the second era aside from everything else we've uh, recorded on top of all of that so what 60 some odd episodes regular episodes and then at least a dozen extra on top of that at least that could be wrong though um my estimate could be wrong yeah some days, what do I know? Okay. Well, I, I'd say if you're watching the video, we are recording this again on video, but we're it's that video is not likely to quickly see the light of day. But if it does, as you can see, <laughs> there's only three of us around the virtual table tonight. Uh, Mike Nicholas overlooking six points, James Austin in Mississauga, Kevin Ng. In Mississauga, Mohammed Shamarki had to bail out at the last second. I know um, anything can happen, so he just couldn't make it tonight. Amy is otherwise occupied for Sunday as well, so we'll talk with them next episode. I mentioned, I just joked around. James and Kevin were both in Mississauga. Obviously, I've mentioned I, I'm from there too. Let's acknowledge it just for a couple seconds. Uh, word came down this morning that the longtime mayor of Mississauga, Hazel McCallion, passed away at the age of 101 this morning. And obviously tributes have come in from across Canada. She was the longest serving mayor, I think, in the Guinness Book of World Records. She held, the, held Mississauga for the better part of 36 years. 
And when you are around that long, you will like, overall your legacy will be looked at positively, but not perfectly. And I know that's going to be the beginning of a long discussion as to the legacy of Hazel McCallion. Um, James, Kevin, and I were kind of talking about it before we hit the record button a few minutes ago. Do we want to rehash any of that, or would it be would it take just too long, and we all got to go to sleep tonight? Probably would take too long, and it's like uh, one of those things. Some of the reason she probably continued on stuff like that. There was apathy in our community, and then as one uh, politician I think said, and they brought that quote up again. No one really wants to fight or can beat your favorite grandmother, right? <laughs> huh. That's one way to put it, I guess. You know, I will quickly say that uh, if I have my facts straight, this woman rollerbladed to work even in her 80s. Remember, she got hit by, like, what was it, a truck or something like that in her 80s in Streetsville? And I think the truck took more pain than her. And that was when she finally was driven to work instead. No, I think she she had actually hit Kevin a couple of street poles. One street pole going down uh, a major road uh, in northern Mississauga to get to an event. And, uh, oh, I forget which road it was. But anyway... Suffice it to say, there were a lot of people that talked to her and said, you know, a lot of people your age are not driving on their own. Can you please have someone drive you to these events and that? And so the public just decided, okay, we'll just pay for that. But it was probably more for our safety than her safety. Yeah, that's probably a fair statement. I, like, Hazel McCallion's car was unmistakable in Mississauga by her license plate, Mayor One. No, you'll never... uh... It's it's hard to forget. I, I I've uh, I've nearly run into her, literally a few times. Paul, oh. uh, while driving. Uh, yeah, and I I've uh, seen her in person a couple times over. Shook her hand a couple times. So I don't have a bad impression, but like I said, when you hold a spot, when you hold a position like that for as long as she did, regardless of how old she got, and she she gave up uh, she gave up the mayor's chair. When she was in her mid eighties or early early nineties, I meant to say. I was going to say early nineties, Mike, because, because yeah, it was only yeah, it's been almost 10 just years. less than ten years, so it was in her early nineties, mm-hmm. and then she was still doing stuff in her retirement, so it's not like yeah, she just yeah, retired. she was still involved with Sheridan College, uh, uh, UTM in uh, U of T in Mississauga, the Greater Toronto Airports Authority that runs Pearson Airport. Yeah, she she was and she, she got busy, right? uh, over a hundred, as you said. So that's quite an yeah. accomplishment too. Yeah, like, I, she would have been one hundred two next month on Valentine's yep, Day. So. On Valentine's Day, yeah. So, uh, well, um, as I said, uh, we we can talk a lot about what uh, the good and there's good, but obviously Lots it's of good. Perfect, it isn't perfect she either. Definitely was like we talk about mayors and stuff like that, but. It's like a lot of them, right? She was definitely in the community. She was at different events. She was engaged with all the different constituents and stuff like that. And sometimes that doesn't always happen, right? And that was throughout her entire tenure. And she cared about the city, which is a big thing, right? Yeah, like you know what i i don't I don't think of her as the the holy goddess that everyone uh, everyone in Mississauga sees her a lot as of people do, but. 
her work is commendable and I I was happy to have her as a mayor rather than some of the other mayors that I've seen in different municipalities. You're saying you don't want the crack mayor? Thank God and not the crack mayor, but then but we're but we're paying for it now. Well, as you know, Your right? Brother is Kevin, making us she, pay for it now. As she said, she ran the city basically like a business and like she would her own spending, which is not to spend much. And that is come home to roost, uh, as we know, because she kept property taxes low and stuff like that. But sooner or later, that's going to turn around and all of us are going to pay for it. And the other thing is, as you uh, had mentioned, many people mentioned is urban sprawl, right? And unfortunately, she was one of those mayors that uh, that was a part of her legacy and that we'll have to grapple with. Mm-hmm. And now you, not, enough, you try to put the not, enough, uh, in, not enough business areas in terms of like. And the other thing is uh, all the other mayors in the GTA, if they had gotten together sooner before they had built all the different houses and different things, maybe we could have had a better uh, transit system, maybe like have the TTC or some subways further out and stuff like that. But unfortunately, it was not meant to be. Yeah, and 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 remember, and it's also um, Mike Harris's fault, and we've we've uh, talked about him before, so long, long, long. Yeah. Don't have to really hash that over, other than fuck Mike Harris, but that's <laughs> that's all I'm going to say on that. Okay, yeah, but uh, as I said, we I thought we'd at least acknowledge that, and once again, it is also worth mentioning, and as I start to try and pull it into our typical uh, discussions on this show. Mississauga's twin city is Korea City and Aichi Prefecture. And anything involving Korea City in Mississauga actually is a key spot for a lot of our fandom. Uh, Most notably Korea Park, which is across the street from Square One. And that's known because that has a lot of sakura trees. When they bloom, it's very, it becomes, uh, well, mini high park-ish, I guess. It's definitely a small footprint, but definitely a very serene atmosphere, even though it's small. So a little oasis in the city, especially now with all the towers towering over it, I guess now. Yeah, and very picturesque. Great for a camera and great for those uh, spring cosplay shoots that uh, you probably will see dotted in the month or so before Anime North. Then in our Twin City, we have a little bit of Mississauga, I believe, in there because we have a park uh, named after us over there. And I think they have a miniature replica of our city hall or something like that. Yeah, well, for maybe somebody from our city, that's a bucket list visit. And whenever, you know, Japanese students, specifically from Korea City, come to visit the GTA, they are (laughs) obligated, I guess. Maybe that's the worst word i could use but they there is a certain all they do end up visiting mississauga for obvious reasons okay so whenever we start episodes where we have people who weren't on last time chances are one of the more regular things we've we're apt to do these days is to ask them if they listen to the last episode and do they have a thought on said last episode which means this discussion turns to James for a couple minutes since he was I do have quite a number of thoughts. Okay. I also so... learned I learned a lot of things. I learned about 
Naruto, the actual uh, translation they should have used. I'm guessing translating Naruto to English, basically, the real translation is Matlock! Matlock! Oh, yeah, that, yeah. Is that is that correct, Mike? After oh, I you, heard you, that sound good, 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 good with the... Uh, I am confused right now. No, because... Uh, I put in that sound effect because oh okay that one put in that the sound effect from Abe Simpson or whatever where yeah. he's shouting it remember yeah the one and then, you know basically reminding reminding uh, Amy how old she is <laughs> as a, as a fan <laughs> oh man but so. uh, and I know um, speaking of Amy she had mentioned um, Lupin Zero and I had actually watched all six episodes of that so that's interesting because. That was TMS, of course, and they decided to do, I guess, a net anime, supposedly. They premiered that, actually, at uh, that New York uh, Anime Fest, remember, in November. But mm-hmm. High Dive is streaming it. They did the six episodes, and it was quite nice. It's kind of, its take is, its inspiration is basically part one, Green Jacket series. He does wear the green jacket at the very end, but it definitely has that feel of that first series, more grittier in the animation, the characters and stuff like that. Obviously, they're missing characters. No Fujiko, no Pops, no um, Goemon. So you just have Lupin in his teens, and then you actually have Jigen in his teens, and them first meeting, and them going uh, through their adventures and stuff like that. You also see Lupin's dad, Lupin the second. You also see, quote-unquote, the original Lupin. You, you, as I said, well, I guess and then I'm you see how he, quote-unquote, becomes Lupin the third in his first... Uh, heist and stuff like that and that kind of leads that one moment as amy said where yes you have lupin and jigen uh their younger selves on the top of a rooftop and then uh they're talking and yes he literally he not just stole uh jigen's heart but he stole the audience's heart as well i'm sure Uh, ultimate uh theft huh happy happy and cute but no, it was it, it was fun because it was kind of one of those things where it was six episodes. It was short, but it was not overstaying its welcome and stuff like that, I thought. So hmm. it was nice. So, yeah, which has me wondering, when does a series, a title, could open it, overstay its welcome? I, I guess since you said the word. And it, I, I don't know. I guess the thing, too, is remember, they were going for something they had never done before, right? They'd never done something like... You know how we think of like Tiny Toon Adventures or Muppet Babies or James Bond Jr. or those things where they quote unquote take this original character and make them younger and stuff like that, looking at them as teenagers or kids and stuff like that. So they definitely did it in the Lupin style and their own style closer to part one. And it was a nice change of pace. You two are probably too young to remember shows like Flintstone Kids and Yo Yogi. Because... Those were Saturday morning cartoons that imagined those characters as kids. Uh, and, and ironically enough, uh, in the case of Flintstone Kids, Fred's dad in that series was played by the man who played Fred in the original Flintstones. Same voice, using the exact same voice. So uh, just, yeah, I guess uh, that's... I guess another uh, subject of those type of of how to reuse an IP in these times, right? And not really a reboot, but going back a little bit. Okay, anything else uh, stick out to you from the episode? I guess the last one was, I think you guys talked about uh, Kodansha and stuff like that, pulling uh, 
their simul pubs and things like that from all the different sites, Azuki, from Crunchyroll and stuff like that. And I guess it's, as you guys said, I think they're gearing up to either partner with someone or do it by themselves to try to do, I guess, their own version of either what uh, Viz and Shueisha did with uh, Shonen Jump and Manga Plus, or even as we know what Katakawa has done, their different take with Bookwalker and stuff like that, where it's more you're not streaming it, but you're purchasing said chapters or said volumes from different uh, companies and stuff like that, not just Katakawa. But we'll see what Kodansha comes up with. But it sounds like that's what may happen, especially since they said more news to come, right? From Katakawa's, sorry, not Katakawa, like from Kodansha's side, you know what I mean? So, and they yeah, do have a big catalog. So depending on if they do go streaming, as Kevin said, they have a big catalog. Maybe we could see some things we haven't seen before, but I, I would say my hope isn't there because yes, they have thrown everything to everyone under the sun. If someone wanted manga, they would throw it at them. And so it wasn't like we got a big amount of their catalog to begin with from those other sites and stuff like that. So my hope is not uh, high, but you never know. Maybe they'll change our opinions depending on what they come up with uh, in the end, if it's just by themselves or maybe they partner someone to uh, do something different uh, digitally you know, or virtually. You know, I don't expect the entire back catalog of Kodansha Comics USA to be up all at once, but I think if they start with bringing back all how do i say this all of their simul pubs or just doing simul pubs of as many of their ongoing series as possible that'll be a good start but if they really want to make an impact they would they should have a sizable amount of their back catalog available for a monthly or yearly subscription. And then that could force Viz's hand in potentially doing something similar. For the for the other half of their catalog. Yes, yeah, because yeah. Viz will not put up their shoujo titles. Or their non-shonen jump. Or, or more specifically, or more broadly, anything non-shonen jump. Unless... It was in Jump Plus, so the exceptions are Romantic Killer and Boys Over Flowers. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, Manga Plus has uh, other stuff and things like that, but as you said, not really much on the shoujo. They have done nothing with uh, shoujo beat, and you would think since that actually had a real live magazine, one day we could see something on the virtual side and stuff like that, but uh, it depends on, obviously, what other players do in the market, and maybe that would shake them up. You never know. I think they just they just decided that the math didn't work out. That's always been my pet suspicion. It's funny because it would be low hanging fruit, I think, on the virtual side. You and think, the other yeah. thing is, as we know, uh, talking about Kodanches, a lot of their series they just decide not to put in print. They've just done digitally. So hopefully that means if they've got the files and things like that, they can get the ground running depending on how they want to go and stuff like that yeah all the genres that's a big key thing as you said what genres are they going to start out with if they do decide to do it by themselves or partner up with a streaming option is it going to be multiple genres shoujo shonen and so on and so forth are they going to be very picky with how they go 
You know what? I will subscribe for a month or two so that I can finally finish reading Nodami Cantabile. Hey. I could finally finish reading School Rumble. I could finally finish reading Beck and Suzuka mm-hmm. and The Drops of God mm-hmm. and Initial D. Yes. Now you gotta watch out about hand by them because either they didn't think it was worth printing when they when they did the whole Delray transfer or the ones that they forced Tokyo Pop to quit releasing. Hmm. Let's well, see. You just brought just just a quick aside. You just said uh, Comicsology. Do we want to acknowledge something concerning Comicsology with all that's happened there in the last two weeks? Uh, we do know they have been swallowed whole now by uh, Amazon, as they say, but you mentioned Drops of God. Obviously, they had made that deal with them, but they had made a deal for a few series, more edgy series, I believe, for uh, with, what was it, uh, Bookwalker and stuff like that, the Katakawa side. So it'll be interesting, those deals where they made side deals with other things to see if those ones come later or not. That'll be interesting. Or how many deals they may have made we never knew about in a bone series. Mm. Okay. All right. So, anything else? That's it. I, I've yet to put. To be honest, as as we're taping this, I've I had yet to put up any link to the episode on the actual website. <laughs> oh, and uh, Kodansha's still on the hook for not doing the 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 drops of God series finale, meaning the whole new series that is the conclusion of the drops of God, which is also like. 20 something volumes but i don't think they'll put it out at this point to be honest well mike was gonna tell you there kevin that don't worry you can just watch uh drops of god and stuff like that on apple plus or something like that i hear it's not gonna be the same well and i don't have apple i don't have apple tv apple, anyway. apple tv plus yeah yeah, yeah. well it's not much of an investment but i'll just have to pirate it or something well i yeah <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, who am I to, uh, yeah, who am I to be morality police these days? Actually, it's by thinking of pirating and stuff like that. It's like, I was looking, I told Mike, Kevin, that um, Crunchyroll, I'd mentioned a few episodes ago, remember that Game Boy Color game that they quote unquote were making about the Y2K and all this other nonsense. So what? yeah, they, they made a Game Boy Color game. I'm not sure, I'm guessing it's all marketing cost to them, but. Anyway, they uh, had limited run in them selling it. They just stopped uh, today, but they released the ROM. So you can actually go to a certain site. You can probably search it. And you can either play this Game Boy Color game featuring their mascot, Hime, in a web browser, or you can download the Game Boy Color ROM and play it in an emulator, which I'm sure you're, cool. we're all using for legitimate uh, copies of games that we somehow saved from our carts, right? Not finding off the internet. <laughs> but who knows? Do you want to get a ROM off Crunchyroll? Because I'm sure Sony would not put any uh, viruses or malware in behind, correct? Yep, because I'm sure it's all not paying like 400 bucks for a complete box copy of Pokemon Crystal at this rate. Hmm. No, Actually, no. thinking of video games, that was another thing that this week a big game came back. Uh, Goldeneye N64. Oh, yes. yeah. And it came it. back on, uh, obviously, uh, Switch for uh, the Switch Online Expansion Plus, which I do have. And it was fun playing with the uh, 
N64 controller, even though I know some people don't like uh, the controls in that, didn't have the modern controls on that side. I know Xbox, they released it on Game Pass, and you can get with Rare Replay uh, as well, and that had the modern controls and achievements and stuff like that, but it was still mm. bare bones because, I guess, of licensing deals. But the one thing I did notice, I do have Rare Replay physical. I bought it for next to nothing. And guess what? And they actually admitted it on day one. They said, well, yes, we did say you can get GoldenEye on Rare Replay. We're doing the update. But guess what? If you have a physical copy, middle finger to you, you do not get it because of our licensing deal with whoever. Ouch. And you only get with the digital copy of Rare Replay, wow. which is just like, what? That makes no sense. Wow. It's almost like they don't want you to actually own the game. Because they know, obviously, with the digital version, you don't technically actually own the game, even though you've bought the digital version. Oh, jeez. I feel like it, but I could be totally bullshittery. Mm. Yeah, Sorry, but... I feel like I would just play it on Game Pass if I was in that situation. Play it for like the one or two months that I'm interested in, and then just never play it again. Drop. Yeah, and I'm drop just pass. enjoying it on the N64 emulator, and it's. Or uh, yeah, I would do is... that because. I'm just like I'm not I'm not participating in this like arcane system of me like buying these games that I don't own. Yep. I'm like not to say that I never do it because I did buy the new Asia Empires 2 releases on Steam, but that was because if I ever wanted to play with people, playing it on the old disc versions would be logistically more tricky. Mm. So I pick my battles, but I yeah, otherwise don't buy digital, as I've said multiple times. Yeah. Okay. All right. So yeah, that's a that's one way to summarize a little bit of uh, the last couple weeks. Uh, seriously, is that uh, is that's about all that uh, stuck out to you from? Episode 77, James. Yeah, I think most of it. And then we added a few extra flourishes there, but we always yes, we do did. that. Well, that, that's how this show kind of works. Well, okay. thinking of it, since we talked about uh, Sony putting uh, malware on our computers, I hear that uh, their favorite uh, subsidiaries, right? Uh, Crunchyroll Funimation, whatever you want to call it. They're into uh, award season. Because, of course, it's award season for everything, right? Yeah. Do you want to talk the awards now, or and then we'll talk about the the journey into the past, my journey into the past uh, later in the episode? Sure, we can talk about probably near the no, end and stuff like that, yeah. because I'll ducktail nicely into uh, the community calendar. Oh, yes, that's right. We, we did mention we want to do that. Okay. Yes, and, and don't forget to put that link there later, okay? So it's award season. Oscar awards had their nominations this week. No anime. Oh, that's Not part of the course. Scared. That's that's part of the course. That's kind of expected, a, unfortunately. I guess based on what we had and stuff like that, even though we have seen tons of anime each month in the theaters at Cineplex and even in the States and stuff like that, and it just keeps trucking along at its own pace. We saw this week, they talked about Kaguya-sama, right? 
they said uh, February 14th, it's coming to North America, but probably that may just be for the states. I'm guessing if we look at Simplex, they'll show us different dates. They usually uh, give it to us on a Thursday as a debut as of late. Uh, if, I believe if the movie was Thursday. Mm-hmm. If I could get a movie. screened like last week, and then uh, Eva, I think, debuted on a Thursday. I If I could get a matinee, uh, that that one would be one I'm interested in since I'm constantly reading the manga and watch the anime to this it point. Definitely, definitely feels like each month, as we said, especially the last year, Crunchyroll Funimation, whatever you want to call them, G-Kids, and then Eleven Arts, they've, like, each month they found a movie to put into theaters and stuff like that if people wanted to see it in different places across North America, which is a nice thing to see because it'd be a rarity, of course, as we know, to actually see anime in a theater many moons ago, right? You barely get (laughs) one a month, I'm sure. Barely. So, yeah. So what do you do? What does the anime industry do after being constantly snubbed by by all those awards? Uh, Make up their own. And there's a couple of them. Well, they've you know, started snubbed, those man. ones started uh, a few years ago. Don't forget, Mike. Like, of course, yeah, ADV true. tried that's to do true. their own yeah. awards back in the aughts. I remember. And, oh, I remember this too. Yeah, yeah, but that only lasted so long. And then, uh, obviously, they've been uh, people have tried to do some dub awards and stuff like that on the English side and things like that. But I think over the last eight nine years, it sounds like uh, we've had the Crunchyroll Anime Awards. That's what they uh, call it. And then we also have had uh, the fan uh, run uh, from Reddit, supposedly the Reddit Anime Awards, which is from the anime uh, subreddit. That one's interesting because it's they said that Reddit's over 6.3 million subscribers. And that one's a little different because they have the same category. But if you looked at previous winners in that, they have a jury uh, system, which gives an award, and then they have the public vote. So you have, you could have two different winners, one for the jury and one for the public vote and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And the jury one mm-hmm. is, they said each member that I guess they get from the jury, however they select that, they basically uh, are asked to actually view the nominees before casting their votes and stuff like that. And that this one, of course, I think looks at the whole of 2022. So that means Chainsaw Man and things like that can be actually in the awards and stuff like that. And so then that leads to the question, of course, well, must wait be a second. Why, can't, uh, why can they be there, but not in Crunchyroll's anime yes. awards? And that's because obviously for them, they said they're looking from November 2021 to September 2022. So the fall season isn't included in Crunchyroll's anime awards. And I'm not sure if that's because they were worried maybe people, if they were voting publicly, maybe had not watched said anime series and stuff like that. Because basically for all the awards that were public vote for them, they could vote each day on their uh, specific uh, title and stuff like that. That was it eliminates recency bias. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was about. To, that's what that's the word I was. That's it too. Yeah, because yeah. that that can be a thing with the other award shows too, and that's why a lot of the Oscar bait movies debut during the last one or two weeks of December because they want to make sure they get nominated, and it's just more fresh 
in the minds of the public and the jury. Yeah, and then sometimes whenever those whenever award season, this is in the past probably. I don't think this is a pres, uh, like a more recent practice, but then you'll see a re-release of a film just before the award season be- nominations and voting begins too. Right, something that had been come out much earlier in the cycle be re- re- be re-released just as you know, just as the awards awards uh, voting begins. Well, so. And I guess, as they said, for we the nominees, bias is a thing. That, that I mean, that's just that's just the impression I get. Yeah, it usually works against things that air earlier. So that's why, despite me uh, being happy that uh, everything, everywhere, all at once received a lot of nominations, I don't expect it to win Best Picture. Okay, but yeah, because it came out. A while ago, didn't it? I want to say it was like April, May, June, like around that time of yeah, year. Yeah, it's been out for a bit. Yes, I'll double check quickly. Okay, James, I, I no, know I was, interrupted your uh, chain there. What, what were you I, thinking? I was thinking uh, at least on the anime awards, since we're talking most of it. Uh, I guess the good thing too is obviously all these different categories. We could go through a few, but it was March. It seems like obviously the judges selected the nominees and stuff like that. And that, of course, the public, when I went to look at it, uh, especially for the doves, it goes in the language, I guess, uh, for which your account is. So I guess if you're registered to country roll, you can make uh, the vote and stuff like that. But that ended on uh, January 25th. And so you just it was like a simple poll and away you sent it in because God forbid if they had put in uh, allowing you to choose your own nomination stuff like that uh, i'm sure uh best anime each year would definitely be uh full metal alchemist brotherhood right yeah it, it's just like every year it'll be the same one right yeah. but, but the know, other thing is i would have uh i would have included the fall season stuff if it ended within the year I think that's how I would have gone about it, but then, yeah, recency bias. And yeah, I, I think. Yeah, I, mean, I think technically it's technically so during think it, that time. Yeah, it, I can like if that's the argument for what why Crunchyroll did it. Okay, I that's a fair argument. But then yeah, it wouldn't be some fair of the to public the vote. I know we're half. We're like a twenty a two core season though. That's the thing too. But yeah, basically where there where the second core was in it was in play at that point. But that's that why we can be there because it had the one core, obviously, uh, in the spring and stuff like that, even though the second core was in uh, the fall and that. So obviously it can come back again and stuff like that next year. But it definitely, as you said, because of, I guess, how they're voting for the public, I guess, as you said, recency bias makes it more optimal for them to say, OK, we're going to start fall of last year, as you said, to the fall of the next year. And then uh, obviously they have, uh, I think, three categories that the judging panel, they don't just uh, select the nominees for the judging panel. And they even have on their uh, site uh, who the judging panel was to select the nominees. And also they had three um, categories, I think, that the judges actually would select a winner from, for example, which is also nice. So I guess for those ones, uh, if you look through those, those are definitely names we have seen before, as we said. And the other thing is the they do have uh, hosts because they will have um, 
a ceremony that they'll stream worldwide uh, to the world, supposedly on uh, March 4th, 2023, from uh, Grand Prince Hotel, New uh, Takanawa Hilton uh, Main Banquet Hall, I believe it said. But um, supposedly uh, that's where they're going to be. It's going to be in person. I guess they're going to have some of the nominees there because it's going to be in Japan since a lot of the categories obviously are Japanese uh, focused except for the dub awards. And then they will have hosts. We saw it with Sally Amaki and John uh, Kibera as well, which we've seen them before. Yeah, well, we've seen... Well, it wasn't uh, Kibera in in past Crunchyroll uh, presentations. I forgot his name. Maxwell... Um, yeah, I, I, Maxwell was his name. I, I, I forgot his, uh, his, his uh, surname, but... I just know that he has quite a very distinct voice, but he, he is, he's also figured in, he's also been a presenter during Crunchyroll Expo in recent years as well. And uh, we'll have to, I'll have to look up the, look up the name, but um, Sally and Mackie, you, you guys, uh, you guys know her pretty well, right? But I guess a I, lot I, of people know her this season because of Tomo-chan as a girl, because she's doing, the voice of Carol, as we had mentioned, and it's both Japanese and English, which you rarely see as we've talked about before and stuff like that, even though it has been done before. It has been done with Macross, of course, with uh, Maria Jima and stuff like that. So. Well, that's the most, that's the one that certainly sticks out in my mind. Maxwell Powers, that's the uh, gentleman's name uh, who I was referring to earlier, who's who's been host of Crunchyroll Expo, I believe, in the past. So... Yeah, Sally Amaki, uh, Amaki, and then John Kabira, who's a regular on NHK World. Uh, I, I I'm familiar with him on NHK World. I know that he does uh, other narration work and voice work. He's uh, done various soccer games for Konami as well in the past, and it, I think some of their more recent uh, soccer titles, to be honest. But um, as I said, I'm more familiar with his work uh, as a voiceover narrator and TV presenter on NHK World, more on the more on the narrator side in recent years. And this is probably not going to sound good. It kind of helps when your dad was an NHK executive. About the connections, Mike. It's about the connections. Is Nepo Baby's become a bit of a catchphrase in the last? a oh, couple months and kind of sad uh, a little bit, but um, I'm sure they gave him a good hazing before they got him in there. Oh, <laughs> we have to go there. Okay. But right. um, it's so, funny. The other thing we had talked about, I know uh, off camera and stuff like that. And I'll actually bring in uh, the Reddit anime awards because Reddit anime awards, it's Reddit. As they said, they have four main categories, like main awards, genre awards, production awards, and then character awards and stuff like that. But Crunchyroll, I guess, since uh, their merger with Funimation and all that other stuff and being with Sony and stuff like that, I think they're definitely going for a more mainstream, a more prestige type thing where all the awards and stuff like that are kind of what you would expect from an award show and stuff like that. And they kind of uh, they said they listened to fans about different awards and things like that. So maybe that's why people didn't like it. So they got rid of them. But this year's, they admitted, they said they've admitted best boy, best girl, 
best antagonist categories in favor of a best main character, best supporting character, and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, they got rid of best fight. It's becoming, like I said uh, before, it's it's more formal and less MTV awards. MTV yeah. awards, right? And there is like the must protect at all cost character, but that doesn't feel too out of place. And the other thing they added, which we had talked about, is I think before they had obviously best uh, voice artist performance for Japanese and for English. But now they've added a lot of those other languages that they stream on their platform. So we talk about Arabic, Spanish, uh, North American, Spanish, uh, European, French, German, Italian, Portuguese, and so on and so forth, which is quite a big thing and stuff like that, because that shows how far we've come and stuff like that, because it isn't just about English and Japanese. There's so many more languages across the world, and obviously they touch a lot of places in the world. Yeah, I'm I'm okay with that. I'm okay with them making it less of a fan thing and more of a professional award show, so to I'm, speak. I'm more impressed that it's it's becoming less well, a little less uh English English and Japanese oriented, and we're starting to go a little bit more worldwide in the language selection. And and that, that probably speaks a lot to the judges. Because we look at the judge list, and I think it looked pretty of, worldwide, didn't it, Mike? Yeah, it was, it was pretty, pretty worldwide. You see people like I see Germany, I see India, I see from I see from Arab nations. Certainly, certainly Great Britain. I'll just somebody from Brazil, a couple from Brazil, to be quite honest. And and for reference, the names that do stick out. Okay, deputy deputy at Gizmodo. So there's a. There's a couple there from Great Britain, one from Germany, I think. Yeah, one from Germany. Let's see. I'm just looking. I'm just looking through the various uh, various profiles of some of the judges, right? And then we have yes. various different things. I think we have one from the Middle East in uh, Hussein Ali uh, Salon, I believe. Mm-hmm. Does he CEO of Anime Therapy? But they have different, very diverse a- a- group of people. And, yeah, from across the, the world, obviously. The names that we're probably that us as a on this show would probably be most familiar with Lindsay Leverage, of course, with Anime News Network. Both, Roland uh, Kelts is on there. Roland Kelts, yes. Uh, well, Kaho Shibuya, I know. Yeah, Kaho Shibuya, who's become who's become a little bit more prominent on the uh, on the streaming and and her association with the Trash Taste Trio. Uh, Trash said uh, Daryl Surrett's uh, on there and his uh, cohort and Gerald. Yeah, Gerald and Daryl are so the as the two of the co-hosts of Anime World Order are there, and there are YouTubers are, like Mother's Basement on there, uh, Jeff. Uh, mm-hmm. So we can keep going on and on and on, but this is like okay, one, one, one from Spain, one from a bunch of from France, yes. So well, that makes sense too if you think about it, because that is one of their biggest markets and stuff like well, that. Well, it's it's even before our Nansen. Uh, anime community grew and stuff like that they were one of their biggest uh, targets especially on the manga side because the disan anime uh, culture there in france and japan anime is one of the biggest conventions in the world of course before even uh, some of ours came about yeah so yeah i mean that that was probably the first arguably the first uh first established market outside of japan 
Can and think that? of it this way, the only place that uh, took a established franchise in City Hunter and decided to make their own live action movie. I don't think anyone else in the world can pull something like that off. Well, so, well I mean, we've seen... <laughs> but you know what I mean? Make it their own. But then, you know, we can talk again about live action adaptations. And that's, of course, was, you know, some some discussion of that earlier in the week, but let's not go there because we, we only have, we all have to go to sleep at some point tonight. So I look uh, down the list. What uh, Anything caught your attention on any of the uh, nomination lists? Well, we got 14 categories and obviously uh, Attack on Titan is a big part of all of it, which does make sense. And I see uh, for anime of the year, we also got, Cyberpunk in there. We got Demon Slayer uh, Entertainment, uh, District Arc, and Spy Family. So you got a lot of the big hitters for a lot of them. I I saw Licorice uh, Licor- Recoils Licor- in Anime Bro. of the Year, and so is Ranking Kings. I'd love Licorice Recoil to win Anime of the Year, but obviously I don't think that's going to happen. Because looking at the others, it'll like Cyberpunk does have a case. Spy Family is probably I arguably odds-on favorite, arguably favorite in in this category. Well, just imagine if they had included Fall because they had a pretty stacked year. Then they would have had Chainsaw Man. They probably would have had someone else. So I bet Lee, uh, Recoil and Ranking Kings would have been gone. And mm-hmm. then you would have had like this ridiculous, uh, ridiculous, ridiculous list. Best action. So uh, let's go. Th- uh, let's go through some of this. Something sticks out. Like nothing's weird. Like the thing is, I will admit, I haven't seen most of this. Seen episodes, of course, of Edge Runners. And Kaguya-sama got uh, best anime song in there too, so that's interesting. Yeah, what was this? My not that that's, that's from the thing. second season. So yeah, it's it's a and it's like a I think one uh, an image song basically, or at least a song that was only used once, like in just for one of the one of the episodes uh, in the clo- and used in the closing credits of that episode. So yeah, there's that. Okay, let's go down. Uh, keep going down the list. Best character design, cyberpunk. No Demon surprises. Skin. It's nice to see my dress up darling got in there on that one. Oh yeah, okay. Like best I comedy. Okay, see, I'm not sure. Sometimes I wonder about those ones because, well, Uncle from Another World. Did that even finish? Because that one, remember, was another one of those ones that kind of had to stop because of issues. Okay. Hmm. But then there's other ones like My Dress Up Darling loved it. I'm not sure if I would consider it a comedy in my mind. Kaguya-sama goes, uh, uh, I, I do think is. No, Spy of course. Family. Yeah, no, I'd say Spy yeah. Spy X Family as a comedy? Yeah, I know. It got I think well, no, there definitely is comedy elements, so I can see it in comedy. My okay. family has it's a like lot of comedy action comedy. comedy is what it was. So I would okay. definitely say either action or comedy it can go into. Yeah, I agree. Spy Family is a comedy in my okay. mind. Best continuing series. And it series. was in best action and comedy. So yeah, yeah it was. Best continuing series. I, I'm like, that's an interesting category to me. Like we and don't, they got uh, Made in the Abyss in there. Uh, yeah, Made in Abyss, one piece. Se- second one season, piece. third season, however you want. One Piece, the epitome of a continuing series. Okay. Yo, they snubbed Detective Conan, man. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> what about uh, Boruto? Eh, no one really liked Boruto. Yeah, I mean, 
you know, Matlock, <laughs> right? Okay, that's not fair. I, I don't mind Boruto. It's just that his dad's still more popular. Oh, well, Jojo got in there too. So. Yeah, Jojo's there. Oh, yeah. That, that would have been surprising to not see on that list. Okay. Despite but the I... lack of exposure Stone Ocean got because of where it streamed. And it sucks because, of course, it was the woman dominant JoJo season that where this happened. Well, yeah, yeah. Okay, best director. Don't really know what to say there. There's some good series in there and stuff like that, and you could say something. Yeah, I mean, and then we got best drama is the next best one, drama. which is and well, those well, ones seem so, to be all in order. Well, here's the thing. Kotaru Lives Alone is listed in both Best Comedy and Best Drama. Remember when we had that character from, I think it was Attack on Titan, Mm -hmm. listed as both Best best, uh, Antagonist and Best Protagonist or something last year? That's sort of, it's sort of that moment. That uh, that I'm re- uh, thinking. But no, you definitely see a lot of crossover. That's definitely for sure. You got fantasy has crossover, obviously, uh, too. Mm-hmm. They have some new ones in there, like Jobless Reincarnation, Made in the Abyss is considered fantasy, which makes sense. Obviously, we have best uh, ending sequences as well in there, which there's an interesting mix on that one, too, compared to best opening. So. Yeah, yeah. And we got films and stuff like that. I'm I'm glad that we have some other ones like Deer King would be one I'd love to see win best film, but I know that's probably not going to happen. I'm guessing it's going to be Jujutsu Kaisen, right? Yeah, I'm glad. Or Dragon Ball Super, probably that one. I'm kind of glad they kind of, you know, differentiate things like continuing series over best film or best, uh, well, they haven't said best one shots, one one core or one season type shows. But, uh, yeah, it, I, I'm kind of glad we're talking about that type of differentiation, right? Because obviously films have a different feel and maybe a different uh, animation quality to them compared to something, a, a television series. Best main character, anything stick out there? Hmm. Best new series? See, I like that. Best new series, best, best new series, I think is nice because yeah, there have been a lot more continuing series and stuff like that. I guess the other question would be if it's a reboot, is it a new series eligible or no? I wonder. Because mm. that'll be interesting for next year, I guess. We'll see with Trigon and all those others. Maybe. I don't know if I would have put Yor as a supporting character rather than a main character. I know, like there were a lot of people talking but about support for uh, main and stuff like even that. Even Anya's so. debatable putting her as a supporting character. Because they are kind of main, so I guess they kind of had like to make a choice. But yeah, I considered the three main characters, like Lloyd, Anya, and Yor. But as we know, right? Mm-hmm. Awards, mm-hmm. that's how they go sometimes. I will say uh, Tengen was pretty badass in that arc for Demon Slayer, I think. He definitely should be in there. We got best score and best uh, opening best sequence. We and got oh Hayasaka. <laughs> we do actually have a best original anime, which is kind of nice. So that's those animes that don't have 
anything source, before yeah. it, like a source or something like that, which is nice. So it gives kind of a bit of a different feel. Like we got Birdie Wing, the uh, golfing anime, which yeah, for most people. Yep, I like that list actually. And then we got uh, Recoil. I think would be a good one there. And then yeah, the Vampire in the Garden, which I know is on Netflix. That was when they helped do. Then you okay. got yeah, your best romance, which has uh, your Kaguya-sama and. Uh, some other ones actually my dress up darling's in there and that's what i was thinking of it more as a romance mm. than a comedy mm-hmm. okay so yeah best supporting character i high as uh, reading you're right you're right kevin after reading all a couple volumes now of uh kaguya sama like i am up to number i think it's number 10 now oh, okay yeah because some of the best supporting characters is kind of like i don't know about some of those ones and then yeah best score uh kind of expected on some of those uh, things but then we get as we said into the different dubs which is kind of nice obviously for english japanese and all the different languages and obviously it's across like it's not male or female it's just you're the voice artist so we got a nice mix of different people on all the languages it looks like do you want to say anything for the best voice artist in a performance in english because I, I can't say i'm familiar with any of I've listened enough to this point. Nothing. OZD sticks out, I guess, because we, we've seen him at uh, IFF. Mm-hmm. Nothing too much on a lot of things on any of those and stuff like that for any of the voice and stuff like that. And then they're, they get into some other ones. I know we haven't looked at all of them. I know the last one uh, we're looking at on where we're looking is the, and it's one of the ones where isn't it's, it's an award. MTV. It's, it's an kind MTV of yeah, it's, and it's the one they kept the must protect at all costs uh, character. And obviously Anya Forger's on there, so I'm guessing she's gonna win based on <laughs> all the others. <laughs> but they right. obviously um, there are some other categories. I think there's presenter's choice, special achievement award, and stuff like that. And those ones are gonna be done by the jury, I believe. I believe presenter's choice award will allow a special guest to present an award to an honored contributor of their choice so i guess we'll see how that goes so i guess that isn't jury uh, based for presenter's choice depending on who the presenter is but special achievement obviously that may be helped with the jury just like they did with the nominations and stuff like that yeah and then the other thing was how they actually got it on and stuff like that where we said it was from fall of last year 2021 to um september uh, 2022 but the other eligibility part that was interesting was one episode aired on television or online in japan between that period which is an interesting stipulation and stuff like that some very especially since it's an international type award show you know what i mean it isn't Japanese centric like other ones and stuff like that, but they're putting that stipulation that, that it was that on Japanese of, television or online in kind of, Japan, not yeah, worldwide. Kind of pulls it back into that Japanese centric. And that's why, obviously, as we said, they are doing the in person, but they are doing it in Tokyo and stuff like that. They're doing it to the world, but they definitely are doing it for uh, that part of the industry. And I'm guessing, well, maybe they would fly some people over for some of the dub actors and stuff like that, but I feel like they would be video linked in, I believe. Oh, I, I, I have problems believing anybody like that would be flown in because that might be... Given the industry than, what we talked more, about, more right? A lot yeah, of voice those. actors would make. You know, I'm looking at the best film nominees and 
if any of those franchise movies win best film, I will riot. I that's why I said I would I would love for Deer King to win, but I just feel since voting like public voting in that they get to vote each day, I feel that's why I'm not too uh, like I don't think Inuyo Bubble and Deer King have a chance because people are just going to be voting for One Piece, Jujutsu Kaisen, and Dragon Ball. So that's you why know, I'm not too. I'm thinking, Faithful, it will but you never. Be, uh, you know, you just zero that will win this. Yeah, you brought up a really interesting thought. Like once again, it comes back to my thought about differentiating. But there's a there there's another level of that different of said differentiation of titles, right? And that's Those what I had mentioned. Remember about we had talked about the Reddit awards, and that's where it's interesting. Where they had that differentiator, where they had the same awards, but they had a jury panel and a public vote. And then it's like, okay, the jury and the uh, public may not agree, right? Which is kind of interesting. Yeah. But hey, it's Reddit, so. And hey, it's Crunchyroll. Hey, look, with all this talk we had over the last year about the lack of recognition and in maybe in turn the lack of pay that voice actors get or don't get, Maybe uh, it, the fact that they put up award, uh, awards sp- to, for different languages grabbed my attention this year. And as I said, the, the industry doesn't really have those type of, like the voice industry doesn't really have, at least the way I look at it, doesn't, get, doesn't give itself the type of, those type of kudos. Right. I, I guess it's only becoming a recent thing. Did the video game awards have awards based on acting, on voice acting? Yeah, I mean, yes, can they did. Because one? remember, uh, the longest speech was done by oh, yeah, uh, the voice right. actor and Kratos. Then, and that was that was that one. He was away. making sure that they got a lot of Steam decks out what? there in the wild. A Steam? <laughs> but think wow, about this way. I, I still think. Obviously, these type of awards, at least on the Crunchyroll awards, no, obviously not Reddit, but Crunchyroll, since it's Sony and they're the big dog, obviously, in town, that there is a comparable. It basically is like the Game Awards, except obviously without world premiere happening every second of the moment <laughs> or someone crashing your stage because uh, it's huh. a public event. Oh, but, God. Oh, God. But oh my God, like, be, or like, because as we know, the Game Awards is a marketing exercise. This, to a degree, is a marketing exercise yes, in a way well, too, because we saw how, crunch, um, what was it? Obviously, Crunchyroll. They said, oh hey, look at these series that we've now nominated our at our own awards and stuff like that. And High Dive and Sentai did the same thing as well, and as well, um, Right Stuff got in on it uh, too and i think they obviously would have done it, even if they weren't owned uh, by crunchyroll sony but right stuff said oh we're gonna do some sales based on these anime award nominees and stuff like that you know what i mean so you could tell the gears were turning mm-hmm. well it's yeah marketing and well it's so it's sony and they have their video game uh, experience now right who wouldn't say some of that would he, some of that would rub off here? Some of that, I'd say a lot. But it feels like 
as we said, I don't know, but for Crunchyroll compared to previous years and I guess how we look at the different categories we talked about and how you compare to other award shows and stuff like that, that they this year it looks like they're going more prestige and stuff like that. Yes, it's a marketing exercise, but they're trying to go more Oscars than video game awards and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, and I we'll mean, we'll see how that goes. Video game awards, like awards in general, it aim for maybe a version of that of of the Oscars in their own way. I mean, they are they are specific to what whatever they're presenting, whatever they're you know whatever they're come whatever they're celebrating, right? So, you know, Oscars is a very movie thing. But a, but doing I guess in a gala type presentation like this lends some high, something high profile if not mainstream. Like the, like video game awards. Okay, we talk about it amongst our amongst the fandom. But when it happens, it's high profile within the fandom. So the anime so an anime awards like this, regardless of who's doing it, and and we can discuss the merits about about having a bunch of places do their own version of awards, whether it's Reddit or uh, a publication like a, a science fiction website or a publication or even clubs. But to me, that's probably not a long, not that much different from Oscars, Emmys, Golden Globes, uh, SAG Awards, People's Choice. So it's just to celebrate what it what is, and as I said, whenever you do an award, awards like this, even if it's even if it's of limited interest within and or interest limited only to the fandom within, when it happens, it becomes a high profile thing within the fandom, and that's where I guess the the merits of doing an award show now or an awards thing. Especially if, if it's Crunchyroll, you know, uh, since they rule the world right now when it comes to anime. And obviously, they would have more successes. They can engage the fandom, being a streaming service, and that's where it started. Probably stuff like well, that. And, and since they we own, can and, make and, it more successful because we aren't just going to have it in a building, and then maybe we only get a few fans in there, or whatever. Just the award uh, nominees or whatever in there. We can actually bring the experience to your home and stuff like that, just like those other award ceremonies, but not just uh, regular television, just for our streaming platform, which is probably a bigger play, obviously. Well, that can make it, these it, things work and continual. Well, I mean, the fandom, they not care much about television these days anyway. So this is, so that, that's, not a, that's not a wrong call. I mean, the and they're probably game most of them are probably watching sense, right? streaming. Yeah, yeah. I'm assuming I mean, for those award shows too, because as we know, the TV numbers are tanking in the toilet, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, I can't say that's a bad move at all. And then, of course, it helps when you know Crunchyroll at this stage pretty much owns the soul of fandom. Your soul is mine. Just. Uh, having said all of this and maybe even making fun of it in some ways, I'm glad that they're trying to do, you know, best, best uh, performances in all these languages. Right. 
I, I can't say I can make a, any guesses for English and Japanese or English, much less Japanese, and then going down the list to all the other languages that I would have no clue about. But I hope, I hope that uh, everybody listed here has a healthy following and uh and and their and their respect in the within the fandoms of those in those languages but they said can't say i know it all but i think they really want to reflect how worldwide anime has become amongst its fandom right so uh you know i i'm i'm glad to have seen to see all these uh best performance uh categories in various languages so march right yeah march uh, 3rd i believe is uh the date so to speak that they're mm-hmm. uh, going to be streaming it obviously live from uh, tokyo i'm not sure if they're going to do it tape delay or not but it sounds like that's when it's uh, happening but i guess we'll well, see I, closer to I march would, we'll find out right so i would presume after after the uh, and and how often has uh, crunchyroll done a live stream of anything because um, they make it sound like it would be I don't uh, can you read between the lines of that I'm not looking at the article but it sounds like it would be a live stream it sounds what like it, it cool would though. be and stuff like that and so it's March 4th uh, 2023 uh, uh, and they say it's at uh, that hotel in uh, Tokyo with I, I, uh, the host and that but they don't specifically say whether it's going to be live or not, or if and, they're and just going to do a video production of it and then post it later. But I can't remember what they've done previous years. And that's what I would presume we'd be able to do, be able to see the, the show after it, it had happened, too, on some sort of video on demand. But I guess it'll be interesting to see how that uh, production turns out and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I, I think we'll part, I think we'll, uh, we'll dissect the uh, winners when that happens a little over a month from now as well. And maybe we'll talk about the other, uh, the Reddit awards too. But uh, yeah, award season continues. I don't know what else to add to that, but uh, yeah. Although we, as I said, we can um, debate the merits and I guess have a healthy debate as to, you know, who's nominating and ultimately who wins. Okay. Uh, anything else to add or should we move on? I think we can move on. Did we want to do... Uh... The last so we, topic, I guess, about uh, anime that didn't uh, quite cross the finish line uh, this season, or no? Let's talk. Okay, let's, yeah, let's go there. Let's talk about that briefly, and then we'll talk it's, about it. Uh, interesting about, uh, thinking anime. about it because it's been an ongoing thing. Like, obviously, COVID took a hit on all of them, and you think lessons learned. And it's interesting that they have had series. Remember, I talked about the Uncle one. That one, I remember, got delayed because of issues and stuff like that in production. And then that was summer uh, 2022 for fall 2022. It was interesting that uh, the new season of golden Kamui, they only did a few episodes and then they had to stop because unfortunately in that one, I believe it changed the animation studios to Mappa, but supposedly a key person in that production that was helping them get things going and stuff like that, unfortunately passed away and because they were such a key figure, they they had to re-scramble and they said, okay, we got to stop and we got to re, you know, I mean, start fresh. And so they basically stopped and basically are starting again in spring 2023. So they're going to start in April, start from episode one 
and rebroadcast the episodes and then get to the new episodes and get it all out and stuff like that. And now we're on to winter uh, 2023, uh, where we are now, starting in January. And it seems Aniplex has had some trouble with three of their series, and Pony Canyon has had a trouble with one of their series. So it's like we have uh, near Automata was Aniplex USA and supposedly, I'm not sure if it's gonna continue on, but it's now delayed and they were saying COVID-19. They said the same thing about Unite Up, but they're gonna continue on. It was just a delay for a week or two, but COVID-19. And then they said Ayakashi Triangle, same thing, COVID-19 and stuff like that had impacted <laughs> their production schedule and that they were delaying the show's fifth episode and beyond so they may be in the similar situation to uh, Golden Conway, and so is uh, Near Automata. And the one for Pony Canyon, uh, Kubo Won't Let You Be Invisible anime, which funny enough is the only one I'm watching this season. Um, <laughs> that one is supposedly going to stop at episode six. They're at episode three right now, but they're going to stop at episode six. And funny enough, this one started a week later than all the other animes this season. So you would have thought they had buffer, but supposedly... COVID-19 supposedly struck them too. And so after episode six, they're going to stop. So that's another one. So three of them, uh, Kubo, and then Nier Automata, and then uh, Ayakashi Triangle. It'll be interesting to see where they show up later because they've made those agreements saying, okay, we're going to be on Japanese TV. You make these schedules. And Golden Kamui, it took them till spring to get back onto TV and get back to streaming. So maybe this will be a season or two delay for them. And it makes you wonder, are they able to do that? Like, it's it'll be interesting. And it makes you question, as many people said, COVID-19 can't be the single factor that caused all these delays for a lot of the things. Like, there can be so many other problems that people have talked about, whether it's uh, that they farm out to many different places, whether it's Korea, China, Vietnam, and so on and so forth. So you have a lot of bottlenecks there coming back. And especially in this season with Lunar New Year, if they are going to China, and as some producers have told some of the production committees and other people, we should maybe go to a different partner and maybe non-China because a lot of people will be off during Lunar New Year and stuff like that. So there's a lot of different factors that could happen. The other factor being there's a lot of freelancers, obviously, in Japan, stuff like that, that help out with character design and other things. And sometimes you see their name quite a few places, multiple seasons. You may see their name maybe twice. So if they're working multiple projects, that may impact them too. Like there are so many things that can happen, especially with the fact that we kept on saying there is, I don't know how to say it, but an SH ton of anime every season. And after COVID, you would have thought maybe we should pare back, but no, it's like, we're going to go back to the way it was. And you would have thought they would have said, you know what, we can't continue on like this, especially since we knew they were really burning uh, the candle and the rubber before that and stuff like that. And that a lot of people were getting burned out. Like you would think a lot of these things would say, maybe we should slow down and stuff like that. But they're like, no, we're going to continue on. And the thing is, as we know, they plan these things a year or two in advance. So then it's like, well, if you run into this problem, 
how are you going to reschedule and stuff like that? Because you're trying to get back to these TV networks that may not have a slot for you. Well, I can't offer anything. It's just, if you want to go, it's more of a case of, well, if you want to have this type of output, have the, have the people to do it, have that in a duck, have your ducks in a row in that sense. But that clearly hasn't been, that doesn't seem to have been the case. But it feels like COVID-19, I'm not saying that it isn't a part of probably factoring in, you know what I mean? Especially depending on where it happens in the ball net, because they are across multiple countries sometimes for some productions. And I'm not saying that's a part, but it can't be the be all end all. I think there were a lot of other things and a lot of these things that something else happened. And sometimes you get more honesty, like Golden Kamui, where they give you the reason to say, well, we want to respect this person. We want to feel good about everyone and stuff like that. And this is why we're doing it. And then you have these people that I guess feel like they're passing the buck. It's almost like if we had the Spanish flu and then during the aughts and maybe during the last decade, they just said, well, you know what? We have the flu going around the office. So you know what? We can't uh, put out the episodes for a long time or something like that. You know what I mean? And no one would accept that. You know what I mean? But now well, you're saying... Go ahead, Kevin. No, you go. You finish, James. No, it's just it makes me wonder how they can be doing something unacceptable, is making people go in, try to burn them out, and stuff like that. Some of them may work sick and stuff like that. And now, under certain circumstances, they're like, "Oh, guess what? We're going to stop." Like they should have been doing that before. You know what I mean? Mm. Well, James, we all know how the like, anime industry well it's like grinds these people to the ground well you know what it's i'll be honest i industry. thought it wasn't people that did our anime i thought it was ai robots but anyway well give it might as well be it. ai robots if if this was, is what's gonna happen i was about to say give that a few years right like in anaplex's case this is an excuse i'm sorry you know what's going on in China right now with COVID-19. Because that's where much of their contracting goes to. You know Chinese New Year is going to be in January. So whoever is not sick is not going to work during that time. So you as the producer should know better to have your contingency plans in place if you're really going to schedule this many shows. I remember reading how, like, amongst the two like or three, like, Sony-owned studios that they, what, did maybe 20 shows in the last two or three years or something? And I'm thinking, wow. like. And remember, Katakawa is doing a lot of series as well like they put that in their marketing it's like oh yeah we slowed down a bit because of covid but we're still going to meet our goal of doing this ridiculous amount of series and isekai series and whatever series like it's like well maybe you should kind of slow down a bit like you don't have to be doing one after the other after the other after the other especially when not all of them are going to be hits mm -hmm. so all right it's uh i don't know Fresh, am well, i surprised I mean, no are we surprised no 
And but maybe, as we know, some of it report. is for them, people on the production committee, maybe it's from, if it's a manga, maybe some of the publisher, things like that, maybe on there. And it's kind of like for them, you know what? I don't care how it looks and all this stuff, but if we get on there and get more sales for our original property, then I'm going to be happy. If I hit one or two, uh, three of my trifecta between video games, manga, anime, music, whatever, figures, I don't care. You know what I mean? And you and have you to know wonder. Mm-hmm. The mix, right? Back to the mix. Yeah. And you like, know what? The mix, it's like the government, you don't have to do everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, I was going to say how, like, the government always passes the buck onto us saying, oh, yeah, this shit doesn't happen because of COVID-19. And, oh, yeah, we're we're not going to have this in place. So it's just, well, you know, of course, companies are going to do that, too. And anime companies are no exception to that. That definitely uh, bit them in the bum, as they say, uh, this season for a few of them. That's for sure. And I don't think, as we know, we had some last year. We've had some already at the beginning this year. I think it's going to continue on until something uh, hits them in the face, so to speak. You know what I mean? Mm. No, they'll probably just let it happen again because this is not the first time. The thing is, when it, is there going to be a hit in the face moment? Like the at least one that they'll realize. No, the hit in the face already happened, but they're just going to do as they do. That too. And you know what? happens too it's like you have the idea of like okay we can fix this for blu-ray and all this other stuff but in this streaming world all the rest of us because of crunchyroll not wanting to do home video streams like high dive and some others have done in the past like even funimation did kind of hurts us too because we're never going to get that quote-unquote the version of their vision and stuff like that, where they actually say, okay, we're going to have to go back and fix it. And that probably affects them too, as well. You know what I mean? Oh man, we're going to go back to the day. A lot of them are just like, okay, we're going to put it out the door and then we'll fix it later. Right. You know, it's, you know what this reminds me of? You know what this reminds me of? Hmm. Remember girls Bravo guys. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Season one when it broadcast in Japan was edited and season two was not, but those of us who didn't want all that steam had to wait for the Japanese DVDs to come out before they could be ripped onto the internet. And then the subs then can then be inserted. Assuming that you were using an MKV file and not an AVI file. And if you were watching it like one or two years later, like I did, you had to pray that somebody was still seeding that torrent. <laughs> You're saying that uh, you didn't want to wait for the Jenny on uh, DVDs there, uh, Kevin? As much as I enjoyed Girls Bravo, it was not worth me go- paying the singles route. Paying well, for remember, a lot of us paid when the it. crash happened, so we paid next to nothing. Well, you know, we all picked a few shows that we liked enough to actually buy. A few. Hmm. To not pay like like two bucks a disc. Like some of us paid like twenty something bucks a disc when Right Sub did the forty percent off Jenny on sales. 
or the 20 or the 40 percent off adv sales you know mm-hmm. we picked our battles right so like girls bravo was not one of those shows for me okay but now it's like with what james is saying we might be going back to those days where you know your favorite show and mine, World's End Harem, uh, yeah. that was heavily censored in its TV broadcast. But they do and... have some uncensored versions of certain shows like that. And a lot of the times, as you're probably going to say, you, we don't get them. So people go uh, to the seven seas, right? Yep. And so w- w- in the case of World's End Harem, we would need to wait for the Blu-rays to come out. And I think they are still coming out, too. And... Not only are we, you know, waiting to see the boobs, but they need to fix all those animation errors because they just didn't have time to animate it properly. Not that it looked that great in the first place, but, oh, man, it was rough from some of the scenes I've watched. Mm. With what you see from uh, Crunchyroll Funimation, Crunchyroll, they have tons of output and stuff like that on streaming and as we know even though obviously we've seen a lot of dub content coming out uh, even for this season a few weeks after the fact and stuff like that a lot of those i think and we see it from previous seasons so far have not come out on home video yet stuff like that and it makes you wonder mm. if there's going to be a threshold for them where they say yes we'll do a regular edition and then other ones where they say, you know what, it underperformed. We're just leaving it on streaming and then we'll never know. It'll just be forgotten many years uh, from now and stuff like that. Because there are other ones I'm like, it's been over a year and stuff like that. And I'm hoping it's going to get a regular release, but nothing is panned out. So you never know whether it's going to happen. This was already slowly starting to happen with certain shows. Like that one with like, the boy is in the jail. That's not Tokyo Revengers. Yeah. I don't remember what it was, but I don't think that ever got a physical release. I don't remember. Actually, you know what? Thinking of physical releases. So there was the April solicitation for Crunchyroll. It actually did not have much, but there was one title that stood out. And it's a title that we've seen come out many times before. And you know what it was? They decided because it's the 25th anniversary of Cowboy Bebop, why not release it again in a limited edition and a regular edition? And I think the only difference is a extras disc on there and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. like we have all these other things they could throw out there. It's like we're going to go back to the Golden Goose, as they say. I'm sure there are some other Golden Gooses we'll see again and again. But Whoa. a lot of those, what was it? The. Um, their discount line. Remember how they had save and essentials and stuff like that. Yeah. They have not pr- reprinted any of those things. So it'll be interesting to see if they go back and reprint some of their catalog titles uh, going forward at some point, or whether they decide not to do uh, a discount line or whatever you want to call it. You know what I mean? A print. Mm. Also, there's the uh, 35th anniversary edition of Yu Yu Hakusho. We can keep going. Down that was more. that was a big uh, what was it? That was a big investment on that one, I believe, wasn't it? Like it was pretty. They finally, expensive. got I'm those pretty... OVAs that they never put out. No. Yeah, if you and want those, I guess you got to pay the piper, right? Because I I wasn't into that, but I heard yeah, it was interesting okay. price point. Yes. And the anime I was thinking of was Rainbow. 
Okay. What about the jail or whatnot? Hmm. Okay. I'm thinking about it, Kevin, it's like we should probably let uh, Mike have a moment because I think he went on a field trip this week, didn't you? No, well, I mean, that, that, I mean, we, I mean, we've, we're finished our thought there, right? Don't As did I this. actually. But. Okay. Well, we both had field trips. Um, Kevin, you want to talk about yours first? Mine's a little bit more thorough. Or sure. Longer. So very quickly, I did see the slime movie on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. It's, I, I did not watch any of the TV series before, so I, I went to say blind. it's a continuation. So you were probably lost if you watch nothing. Yeah, so you know it was easy enough to pick up. It's just that seeing slime guy being so overpowered was a little eye roll inducing. But I had to let it go because I knew I had no context for it. Mm. But it was entertaining nonetheless. The anime original characters how they tied them in with the supporting cast made sense. Uh, it, it seemed like the main character just used his OP powers to just solve the problem, but it was more complicated than that in the end. So that was fine. It was a nice popcorn movie for fans, you know, overall decent. I, uh, you know, nothing mind blowing, but it is what it is. Uh, right. In terms of the actual field trip, I uh, hit up a bunch of uh, hobby shops in the northern GTA, or uptown as we say. So uh, a friend and I went to, I think, three or four different shops. So we went to Argama, we went to Sinnoh, we went to X2 Akihabara. And we also went to uh, J Town as well. We should I, I, maybe we should put a map of these for anybody in in the Toronto area. It's interesting how these shops are predominantly like toy hobby based. Yeah, it's sort of how it goes these days, isn't it? Yeah, then? it's definitely a lot less like actual media sales and more just toy and hobby sales because. I do feel like fans nowadays are more inclined to buy these kinds of things. In terms of uh, actual products, physical items. Yes. Now, Hmm. I will say manga still sells because it did boom during the pandemic and a little bit before that. But you really don't see a lot of anime blu-rays out and about anymore yeah but that's par for the course for par for the course yeah my people are behind online i guess right yeah Yeah, lots of pvc figures uh lots of gundam because gundam apparently is selling very well people are actually building because that used to be the opposite right Mm -hmm. it was a niche thing but uh, i remember hearing that uh even when Planet Hobby and Mississauga was about to close, like even though they charged extra for their model kits, still did pretty well for them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, you know, people are in these shops buying stuff. It was pretty interesting to see. Mm. Uh, somebody is, I guess. <laughs> My turn. 
Go ahead. Okay. My field trip was uh, back to my alma mater. Went to I visited York University on Thursday afternoon and evening to check out the um, the first showing of the term for the anime club. We uh, well, James and I were both members of, and I actually ran. So the York University's a anime club, a yama as they call it. Uh, we I visited the room where we taped our very first episode back in uh, 2006 in early March because it, it was across from the room where they hold the show. And I admit I was in for, I knew I'd be in for a bit of a, of a culture shock about how different, uh, different the anime club world had become in the time that uh, like from our time. And we're, we're, you know, we're, older older now and probably come from a bygone era in terms of in terms of um anime fandom at the cl- at the club level so i admit it was i knew i was in for a bit of a shock and for reference just a a shock all around really i mean i started when i got there and i took the subway there I got off at uh, at Old York Lanes, which is basically the 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 mall on the campus. Do they still and, have the arcade? Um, not where it used to be. Campus Cove. That was the name of it. That's long gone. That's been gone for decades, actually. That's what I would figure. But, but I guess you may still have the old eateries. Most of them probably survived in there, along with the bookstore, well, because the bookstore can't go out of business. Yeah, it's um. But I know you've probably taken the subway there before, Mike. Yeah, it's, it got there at some point. Well, you know what's the sad part? Um, the bookstore is more or less in the same spot, but its entrance is slightly different now. And you know what sort of occupies what occupies the exact uh, entrance? The it's a shopper's drug mart. Out of all things. Oh, because so, I remember they did have a, dr- a like a drugstore and stuff like that, but it was like an independent. It wasn't like Shoppers or any of those others, right? So, mm-hmm. so I guess maybe they sold out to one of them and moved. Yeah, well, the thing is, the eateries, um, the eateries, like they they've changed a few times over. So, so Popeye's still one. there and. Popeye's is there. Bagel and second um, cup. And- yeah, no. Well, Great Canadian ba- Bagel and Popeye's are the survivors. Every a lot, just about everything did else. The Japanese and- one not survived. Oh no, it did. It did. Well, and and that the one. Japanese one that was a, a family. I think they ran. They did some good. And they still do, and it's still there. It's that. Those are the only three survivors, really. The falafel everything shop else- didn't survive. No, it's gone. That's a that's a that's a Thai Express now. Anyway. As I said, I knew I was in for a shock and going to the club itself for their, for their showings. And it's referred to as a showing still. It's more like a lounge. It's more like a hangout, right? It, it, all, um, everyone's, you know, sitting around in various parts of the, of the room playing games. Card games, board games, sometimes console games. And then they just have the projector running and people are just gathering around it, watching, essentially watching TV, watching yeah. a in the shows. gallery. Well, the gallery was a big space, you know what I mean? So you mm-hmm. could definitely probably pull that off and stuff. Yeah, like it's that. sometimes, obviously, you remember before we did the showings and stuff like that, 
we'd use the projector, maybe we'd play Smash or maybe we'd play something else. And then we get the show on the road, as they say, and get the showings. And most people were usually just watching the showings and stuff like that. But I could see how, depending on what you're showing, it's like you have a big enough room that you could do different things, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of what it's be- it had become. It's less movie theater and more just lounging about. A social. I mean, I mean, looking at the Instagram, the club promotes itself as just a friendly space where people of similar interests can just hang out. And it's not, they can't do it every day. A lot of the members are, are all friends now and hang out at various points. But Thursday is, the, is usually the day where the bulk of them can gather at the same time and just hang out. It's a happy atmosphere, but... In many respects, remember when we use some of the metaphors with Anime North, kind of like a bit of a loud, a bit loud, a little bit, some uh, somewhat chaotic, maybe it feels that way. It could feel that way, but an overall happy, I use the term happy mess. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that's what it felt like, but it's clearly the way that it should be for them. And I remember it, we still had people come, uh, not just for the showings, but I guess for the library. And I know that yeah. still continued on downstairs if you look down there. And well, out of uh, interest, me... what uh, any shows that you remember seeing when you were there to see the showing? I, I don't. I didn't recognize the titles. That's the sad part. And I gotta gotta um, look that up just a little bit more. But uh, it's as I said, it, the way it it runs itself now is different from the way we when we were from our time james and i'm guessing it's a new projector as well you know what gift from many moons ago they they actually recently replaced the projector they replaced it over the last month well i found out they 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 the new projector was making its debut that night james and and the strange part um so wait, if that's true, then that projector you gifted and we paid a bit of it for it too. That lasted a long time. Yeah, that of lasted. Course, I think we did. We went for a kind of a quality. T- you know, I mean, not highest grade, but still a quality projector, right? They just said, uh, yeah, they just said it was fading, so it was just time, and that's fine because the membership. And they I didn't know want that to uh, had rely on uh, what was it we used to rely on the tech people and remember how we had to do that. Mm-hmm. I was. Mm-hmm. So they got their own stuff, and I know that their membership had gotten quite high. So they're like they they are one of the larger social clubs on campus, right? So there's that. And as, as it comes to the library, yes, the library is still there, and and you know the uh, people who run the projector are also the librarians, and they also told me, and this probably comes back to what Kevin was talking about earlier, just a few minutes ago. Yes, the library is there, and yes, the there's a Reasonable manga library, but it's people don't um, take out from it as much as you think. That's what they told me. Well, not so, surprising, given uh, where we are, the, yeah, in giving the, all the uh, fandom, right, state. compared to yeah. where we were. But uh, but people still are content to pay for membership to do all the other stuff. And, and yeah, it's not for the club. There, it's not about their the Thursday show anymore, which used to be the the centerpiece. They do a bunch of other events, a bunch I'm of other like off-campus events, yeah, on-campus stuff. Sometimes, uh, sometimes with in collaboration with other um, other student bodies at York University and even administrative bodies too. 
So they they do a lot of things. They're they're very active in there, and you know they do a bunch of other other things. Overall, it's different, but I really I was kind of impressed. And you know I I know we've used up enough time. It, it's just well, I guess it's got to make you proud stuff. though, right, Mike? Because oh, Yama yeah, has they, been continuous, and there's been many anime clubs that haven't had that fortunate uh, fortitude, right? Sometimes they've had yeah. to start and then restart yeah. under something else. You know what I mean? Yeah, and you know, as a reflective point, um, anime, um, Yama celebrates its anniversary in two days' time. But that's, uh, as I said, it was nice. It was a nice trip down memory lane to see it. It, it is, like I said, and I have to constantly underscore it. It's very different. It, but it also has me, and I, I think this is part of a larger discussion when, especially when we get Amy and Mo back to talk about it. Although, if you want to chime in now, you could. What is the purpose of an anime club these days? Because at the time when we were there, it was to be able to share things that we couldn't find otherwise. Share anime, share manga, which was hard to find. It isn't nearly that much anymore. You do, you, granted, you have to do a little bit of digging, but it's not nearly as much anymore. So what is the, what is the purpose of the anime clubs now? whether it be in high school, whether it be in universities and colleges and, dare I say, beyond. What are their purpose? Is it the safe space? Is it the friendly space that that uh, the club now says? Like, and, But that's still being broad. So I, I, it has me really wondering their purpose uh, these days. Because I, I I don't want to say they're they're passe. There's the their usage, their it, the eras within it have are have come and gone. We we lived through one of the key ones, right, James? Yeah, everything uh, evolves and stuff like that. And I'm sure many people would say we were lucky, Mike, too, right? That we could uh, provide what we could provide because it used to be people went to uh, the sci-fi uh, conventions or were in one room and had people on a sheet reading what exactly was going on on screen. And we were lucky enough that somehow we uh, found things on the internet, so to speak, but we also did pay it forward because we were able to uh, go to the comic den and they were, we were lucky enough to have them renting out anime uh, DVDs and stuff like that. And, for them to be gracious Indeed, enough to uh, for advertising and things like that, for borrowing certain things that we want to show on a certain night and then get back to them. And they were always gracious with that. And it was gracious that they were able to buy all these different series and rent them to us. And that's how some people saw a lot of series uh, legally and stuff like that, instead of paying uh, the bigger amount, as Kevin would say, way back when uh, in this yeah. episode. So there's, it's just... That's where I, I was after a walk, after visiting, right? It's how our fandom has evolved, grown, and changed. And I, I generally welcome it, but of course you end up reflecting on it. So uh, I, I wish I could add anything else. It's my my thoughts are still very much uh, in a tizzy after after that visit. Visit, and uh, frankly speaking, it is rather late. So. I guess we can, uh, as we say, save it for another uh, discussion oh, as always and stuff like that, that and that. kind it of uh, have the others, uh, what their thoughts are when yeah. they come on. But uh, yes. And as I said, uh, 
Well, uh, if Kevin wants to jump in, if he wants to add anything, or he's he's not curious anymore. <laughs> well, it's interesting because on the contrary, I tried to look for my alma mater last week, and I couldn't find them mm. because when I went to our student center. I didn't notice them having a club room space. So it made me curious as to where they may be, if they're even there at all. Do you think that UTARPA may be the only survivor of the three UFD campuses, huh? No, Utama's no, still there. Utama is the only, is the sole survivor, I think. Utarpa's long gone, too. Utarpa's long gone, too? It's Utama that's still there, yeah. Utama's the sole survivor. Wow, I, I, I guess also I would have thought the Discord. main campus would survive, and Mississauga and Scarborough would not survive, because they're, like, outside, right? You would think that. What? Okay. See, being a commuter school works against us. Mm -hmm. Well, remember, York is sort of that, too. But That's why I always thought it was... Just a testament to the systems you've all put in place that Yama has grown as big as it has. Mm -hmm. I guess there were a lot of people, as we said, that cared. And what happened is we just brought up the next generation again and again for our own different methods and different ways. But we always found a way to continue. And sometimes we had bumps along the road as Mike knows, but somehow we always found a way to continue the club and find a way uh, to find our own spirit and make it continue, which probably is a testament. Yeah. Because I still think they may be around. There's a couple of more avenues that I need to go about to double check. But I know as of 2018, the club was still around. Okay. Well, then you should continue yeah, digging and should dig yeah because i you know i went for at least a couple years after i graduated but you know you get to a point where you're just like you know it's time yeah i think we we all have that moment anyway um so for reference so for reference i did say that the anniversary of of yama is coming up and that comes up on tuesday january 31st and you know what else is on january 31st well, let's open up the uh, this week's anime community calendar. Actually, there's one or two items that we wanted to at least mention here. I guess even though there's Monday, we might as well start on Tuesday, as you said, because uh, you never know. Maybe we'll talk about it. Yeah. Um, let's see. The Japan Society in the in the States, I guess, right? Yeah, and I believe it's New York, but... As we said, I saw this and you probably saw it too, Mike. It was a webinar starting at 7 p.m. And I think you can still register for free. And it's called Japanese Animation and a Global Era. And uh, I guess uh, they're talking about uh, anime and stuff like that. And uh, Mike Tool is going to be on there. And then another fella called uh, Thomas Lemaire is going to be on there. And he's supposedly the author of the anime ecology a genealogical of television, animation, and game media. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and the moderator, I think, is a film. I think we've talked about uh, Ju Julia Meckler in the past, too. Have we not? We've seen, yeah, different uh, moderators, yeah, before. And I know Julia has done some before. We've talked about that. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. I know that 
in the little blurb they do have, they said exploring topics ranging from fan culture to marketing strategies in Japan versus North America, our speakers will illuminate the historical framework behind the anime industry, as well as its role within the increasingly complex and interconnected worlds. Yep. Interconnected so worlds. Yeah, that's uh that's coming up on on Tuesday. Hopefully there'll be uh hopefully the this uh we'll be able to see this afterwards and it and i think japan society does have a website so or and i feel uh, like we've chat. watched some on their youtube and stuff like that so i yes. feel we should have it somewhere probably on youtube we're not going to say guaranteed but given the past i i feel like we should have something like that we should be able to see after the fact for the main okay. presentation whatever and, and, questions and, and they have just, afterwards and hopefully that's the case because this most people are likely to listen to this episode after the 31st Monday, quickly, and then let's call it a night. It would be uh, Discotech uh, Day Ooh. because Discotech is doing another one of their live streams at 9 p.m. Uh, Eastern. And so oh, yeah, I guess okay. we'll see what they have to announce. I'm sure they've been doing their clues for the past uh, week and a bit. And so we'll see uh, what comes out. They said they have some odd ones and hope people enjoy it. And so I'm just going in blind as I usually do, and we'll see what they have to uh, show. And on the movie front, uh, the next Sword Art Online progressive movie is going to be in theaters this week as well. Uh, I think for us, it's the 4th of February. Well, as I said, there's stuff out there. so And I'm sure they'll have more as the months continue. And The yeah. funny thing for the last calendar event, because we might as well throw one out there that people can actually hear and they say, you know what, maybe I will go to it later on. Is that, you know, Kevin, I realized TCAF for this year is actually not on Mother's Day weekend. They've Indeed. actually moved it up because someone told me, and it's surprising, it's the end of April. So it's Saturday, April 29th, and Sunday, April 30th. So that'll be kind of nice uh, to be able to go there. And maybe they'll have more people on uh, Sunday because I always remember it's like, well, I can't really go Sunday because, you know, it's Mother's Day, right? And, I don't mm -hmm. think uh, a lot of people is like, do I choose my mom or do I choose this? I think you know who they're going to choose probably. No, you just you just see your mom in the evening. <laughs> What's so hard about that? Yeah, okay. Sometimes anyway. you have to have brunch. You never know. Well, at least, at it least depends. It's yeah, it depends. It's not a choice this time around. So, cool. So, no, it's interesting that they chose uh, that weekend uh, at the Toronto Reference Library and I'm hoping that this time, finally, it's like I'm actually going to be able to go. It'll be funny because I know they had it last year, wasn't able to go. Same with Anime NAR. So this year will be nice, and hopefully I can go to both events and we can get back at it, as they say. Yeah, hopefully. Anyway. And fight and fight to get an autograph, depending on who they get. Oh, boy. Yeah, they oh, haven't announced any Japanese guests. It's it's a few months away, so at least we'll uh, get more information before before then, right? Yeah, it's more of a wait and see, just because if they get somebody who wouldn't demand as much, uh, how do I say this? You know, if it's not if it's not a Junji Ito level person, it should be fine, because in the case of Akane Torikai last year, her works only started debuting. In the north in North America this or that year, so then her lines weren't nearly as long, 
in comparison to say Junji Ito or <sighs> Frey. I can't believe I'm blanking out the Pumpun guy. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Okay. I'm embarrassed because I love Pumpun and Solanin. Are you going to look it up? I'll give you a chance. I was trying to look at my shelf, but then all his books happen to be blocked from my view of vision right now. I know, now. I'm kind of blocked <laughs> from my view too. And I know Inio Asano. Uh, Asano. Thank you very much. <laughs> oh, that was embarrassing. Okay. I know I was blanking too because, and I don't know why it's like one of those things, but yeah, those two definitely of any line we've seen at TCAF, they were ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And then okay. sometimes they have had other ones where it's stuff from uh, drawn in quarterly and those older artists. So they have less lines, but still interesting conversations and stuff like that. And interesting to get their autographs. Yeah. Well, as I said, we'll, we'll hear more about TCAF uh, before it happens. And who knows, maybe I'll have time to go. <laughs> Who's to say? Anyway. I think that's a, I think we've exhausted the list tonight. We all got to get some sleep soon, don't we? You know, us, us old timers. <laughs> and, but, uh, uh, but you know, it's, it's always fun to be able to talk. And now uh, maybe, maybe we should actually uh, take a little bit t- of time to actually read and watch too. So Did you and, not read anything lately. Oh, well, just the usual, but we'll go through that a little bit next time. Hey, who knows next time? Maybe I will have got a bit actually managed to get in an episode of uh of the live action um Maiko Sanchi no Makanaisa cuz cuz I do want to talk a little bit more about it uh after I've watched a couple episodes so um can you get back to me on that one I know you guys sure. may not get the chance to watch it but I know and James probably doesn't cuz uh, he do he won't he doesn't have a a Netflix subscription right correct but, but um, he, we both watched the anime, and I know there's going to be a lot to talk about for on my part when we see when I see it. So, uh, can you bear with me on that one, and uh, be open to the discussion when I do? Is that okay? I'll be interesting to hear. I'm sure, as always. Oh, and I think mm-hmm. it's interesting too because I think I remember when we were watching the anime, I was watching Crunchyroll, and you were watching NHK World, right? Mm-hmm. We were watching completely different things sometimes. <laughs> Yeah, we were watching completely, and we were watching fairly different versions, right? Mm-hmm. That probably there were subtle differences. But I was saying not to, completely different, but you know, I mean, unique. As subtle enough that subtle enough that you end up with a different perspective of it, right? Uh, and we can talk, and let's save that because I think we can have that long talk a bit later on. Because honestly, that's all we have for tonight. Once again, if you want to contact us, animeroundtable at gmail.com at animeroundtable, animeroundtable.com. And more more to come on this, but uh, twitch.tv slash animeroundtable. I still got to do some experimenting with uh, some of the stuff we have to before we actually start uh, doing some streams here. And uh, we'll put that on our YouTube channel as well. But once again, this is a podcast, so on the podcast side, please leave us a review, if you can, wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google, whatever, because, um, like I said, please leave a review, because good reviews might help us in the algorithm, and hopefully more people will be able to listen to us. Right? Right, Kevin? That's right. Yeah. Reviews. 
good ones. Do them. Please. Well, um, this is our third, uh, third of anything we've done this month. So uh, we've long met quota, but, uh, you know, because of the, of all our, all, all of us having lives, uh, we all, we do generally aim to do something at least twice every month, but regardless in any event, please give us a, a subscribe, like, or follow on any of the platforms we're on. So you can be notified when we actually do put something there. Also, once one more time, if you have a Spotify account, please check out our playlist, our anime roundtable playlist for some music based on things we talk about on this show. The theme song is entitled Fubuki Snowstorm by Pico Misaki, which is the title track of her current album. You can check out more of her music at PicoInfinity.com or on her Facebook page at Pico Zen Music. You could have listened to any anime podcast in the world, but you chose to listen to ours. And we really do appreciate it. So thanks for listening. And join us again for another edition of the Anime Roundtable.